the average maintenance cost across the board is about $300 or less per year. So I think that's the beauty of the new construction product overall. Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here for another episode, and I am joined as usual by Zach Lemaster, the CEO and founder of Rent to Retirement. And we are going to talk about one of the states we invest in, and that is Alabama today. And to do that, we brought on our uh, new build team from Alabama. We've got uh, Mike, Katie, and uh, Frank in the house with us. So it's going to be a, a great time. So let's just uh, dive right into it. You know, y'all are doing a lot of new builds in Alabama. Um, just give us a brief rundown of what's going on in the area, because I know the Birmingham area has been exploding population-wise. I've got a lot of stuff going on there. So just tell us a little bit about how the Alabama housing market is doing in today's environment. Um, what I would say is it, it, we're one of those little diamonds that uh, people don't necessarily think of a lot uh, as being a hot spot. Uh, we've had very... Uh, we have very short market times still. Our market time is about 38 days uh, still. Our pricing has held well even through the last year. Uh, we're still seeing small increases. Um, it's The demand is through the roof, both for rentals and for sales. Um, it's uh, We'll build about 800 houses this year, and that's, uh, that's about 200 more than last year. Uh, and the demand is still super strong on all ends uh, of the real estate market. So what areas specifically are y'all, do y'all focus in on? Because I know there's a lot going on like in Montgomery and Birmingham and Huntsville. Where are y'all focused in on? Uh, we're in, uh, we have uh, four regions. We have the central Alabama region that reaches from the Mississippi state line to the Georgia line. Uh, all the way across the state, as far south as Clanton, as far north as Coleman in our central Alabama region. Then we have our north Alabama region, which encompasses Huntsville, uh, all the way to the Tennessee line and all the way to Decatur, uh, kind of in the southwest uh, side. We have Baldwin County, which is in south Alabama. And uh, we're all in, I think we're in five cities now. And Baldwin County, then we have Central Florida that uh, we're in in between Orlando and Tampa and that Seabird and Lakeland area. We One of the reasons we love talking about markets like Alabama and, and Florida and why we're so active there and, and promoting for those locations is the fact that we like to be in what we call the path of progress. We see a lot of population shift, especially down to the Sun Belt in areas where you have you know, you still have a quality of life that's maybe uh, a fraction of the cost it would be in other parts of the country. So we're seeing a, a huge influx of, of population, uh, meaning there's going to be high demand for people to rent houses and, and purchase houses. And, and we're seeing this kind of national population shift down to some of these markets. And we especially like Alabama and, and Florida because these are areas where, you know, you generally have landlord friendly legislation. 
your taxes are significantly lower compared to most parts in the country, especially in some of the markets you mentioned in Alabama that you're operating in. Uh, and I think around from, all around from an investment perspective, this is an area where you can still have cash flow. You can have a property that's affordable compared to the rent ranges to meet those numbers that you, you need for your investment goals. But you're also going to have an area that's, that's growing in population for future appreciation. You're keeping the house rented. Um, so these are areas that we like to focus on. Um, and Alabama and, and Florida have been some of our top performing markets over the past few years because of these reasons and, and many others. And we also like new construction for many reasons, being that you have a brand new built house, you have warranties on, you likely attract the best quality tenants that tend to stay longer, reducing vacancy times. You have better appreciation in, in these markets. Um, and we really like the, the areas doing build to rent kind of in like what we would call a secondary market where maybe in a metropolitan area, it's, it's more expensive. And I know you guys focus on some of these same areas that are still commutable to some of these locations and accessible, but, and we'll get into the build to rent side a little bit, but can you share some, just some general market stats or from your perspective, like what makes Alabama really an attractive market for an investor from, from your guys' perspective? Why did you decide to, you know, do the build to rent space in, in Alabama and the locations that you have selected? Uh, well, we, we've been doing this for 20 years. I think we were build, built to rent and built to rent before it actually had a name. Um, and so we, um, I would say the, the diversity in the economy has a lot to do with it. We're very heavy medical. We're very, uh, we have tons of auto manu uh, automobile manufacturers and it's actually the good ones like Honda and Mercedes and um, we have, uh, you know, the Toyota plant in Mississippi. But one of the key drivers of that whole automotive industry, you've got Hyundai and Montgomery and Kia on the Georgia line. One of the things that's strategic about Birmingham is the location for that industry because suppliers have to be within a two hour drive of those plants. And that's where the whole Birmingham metro market fit, fits in that. So we've had a lot of ancillary uh, businesses that have been successful because of the sheer location in Birmingham. We also have, you know, the aerospace industry. We have NASA, all of that in the northern market in Huntsville. And then you've got all of the growth population wise in Baldwin County that's being driven a lot by all these new industries with the new aluminum plant, $2.5 billion aluminum plant. You've got the um you've got the you've got uh, airbus down there you've got just a, a lot of different industries and they're attracted not only for the quality of life but they're also attracted to the uh lack of static for businesses uh because you know we're very non-union here uh, the companies that relocate here are thrilled because they're able to offer fantastic employee benefit packages for these employees and not being mandated by a union all the time to um, to do it a certain way and and fit into a mold. And so our employees make great money uh, comparatively when you compare it to the cost of a house and what people make. It makes it super affordable. And so I think that has a that's a big driving force behind our economy. Like where we are in uh, Shelby County, we're at one point eight percent unemployment. I think Alabama as a whole is just under 3% now, but most of our markets are in that 1.8 to about 2.6% unemployment, which means basically if you're breathing, you can work. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, 
being in an area where the unemployment rate is well below the national average is, is huge. Um, and we always talk about having a diversity of, of industries. We've invested in areas in the past that tend to be uh, a little bit more cyclical markets where they could be reliant on, say, one main employer industry for the location. And having a diversity of industries is, is huge. Um, and then obviously the you touched on all the points, you know, we, we mentioned with cost of living and things like this. And it's, it's important to look at that, to look at the, the growth and sustainability. And, and this would be, I mean, as you mentioned, Alabama is extremely um, business friendly. So that's driving a lot of new employers, new job opportunities. And those are the kind of places you want to invest to build a sustainable type of investment portfolio long term. So tell a little bit, I mean, one of the things that I always found interesting was, you know, at first I was looking at where y'all were building and I was thinking like, why aren't they building like in Birmingham proper? And then I looked and the Birmingham proper area has kind of actually shrunk a little bit, but then I was like, oh man, what about that? And then I looked at the, like the suburbs and holy crap, <laughs> it's uh, like some of the big ones are like doubling in population or 50% rise in population. And it's been huge. So tell us a little bit about like what's going on in terms of like what suburbs in the area are really growing. We're seeing it uh, basically north, south, east, and west. It's uh, you got pretty much Brookwood, Vance, and Tuscaloosa on the west side that are growing like crazy. You've got great industries coming there. You've got the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa that employs a ton of people with 40,000 students. Then you go south, which is Shelby County. It's one of the wealthiest counties in uh, in the southeastern United States. And it's just tends to keep going further and further south with growth and development. You've got like where our office is in Hoover. Hoover is one of the most affluent cities. And it's also the, the fifth largest city in the state just south of Birmingham. And then you've got um, to the east, you've got the Honda plant, you've got all of that that's growing around it, as well as med more medical and that kind of thing to the east. And then north, of course, we've got um, growth going north because it's gone so far, far south. It was just a natural fit that it would start going north into like Fultondale, Gardendale, Warrior, and, and Coleman has gotten to be a a great commuter city for people coming to Birmingham because it's only about a 40 minute drive. So you, you've just got a lot of uh, key factors. What uh, We were meeting with some of the officials from Coleman and I, I was shocked at one of the stats. There's a hundred people a day moving to Coleman County, which just blew me away. That's 5,200 people a year moving into this County, well, 5,200, it doesn't take me long to do quick math. That means they're going to have about 2,000 more houses a year than they've got because they don't have enough houses as it is. So that's, that's huge. And, um, you know, I think that that uh, kind of reinforces the point that we were making about what we would call, again, secondary markets. A lot of people, if they're looking, if they're unfamiliar with the area, they're looking at some of the, you know, the, the larger cities that they're familiar with or learning about, like Huntsville and Birmingham, Montgomery, but there's there's a lot of opportunity with, within that commutable distance where you get a little bit affordable, more affordable house price. There's maybe a, uh, a higher demand and lack of supply in those areas, as you just mentioned. And those are areas where we see some of the best opportunity, especially with the population growth. Okay, so we've established the reason why to invest in those locations. And you guys are building in those locations from, from a home builder perspective. You're choosing to build houses in those same locations for the same reasons. Um, 
Well, let's talk about the build to rent aspect as, as well. And I know that you guys have a presentation prepared to go through, which is fantastic. And you, you handle property management in-house. One of the biggest, let's, let's talk about the benefits to do the build, build to rent or just new construction in general, because a lot of what, what we work with in other locations and in Alabama is, is, you know, an older rehab house, which has its advantages too. It all depends on what is appropriate for the investor, but there's a lot of opportunity with new construction in general. So let's talk about maybe your perspective a little bit on, on why new construction, why the build to rent um, model and maybe answer the question of like, not only now today, but like how that property performs over time. One of the biggest uh, pushbacks we get with new construction is because of the, it's a little bit higher price point than maybe a 1950 rehab house and the rent, you know, rent to price ratio, maybe a little bit um, less where, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to cash flow on a new construction house. Uh, but we always want to remind people that when you're investing in new construction, you likely have less maintenance, less tenant turnover. You will likely see higher rent growth year after year. And so maybe year one, you may you don't have um, real attractive cash flow, especially with current interest rates. However, you know you need to be a long-term investor looking at year two, three, four, how that property is performing, how long it's leased, what is the rental growth over time, what is your maintenance on it. So I know I threw a lot out at you real quick, but let's talk about build to rent. And, and how people can expect these to perform over time. Okay, you take that. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. So, I mean, like Mike mentioned, we've been in this build to rent space for 20 years. So um, it's become kind of a hot topic over the last five years, really. But for us, it's a no brainer. You're getting a new product. So it's just like buying a car. When you buy a car off the lot, you don't have to do anything. Um, so with this house that we're rolling out, one, you get a 12 month builder warranty on that property and there is no system in that house that you're going to have to replace, ideally, in the next 10 to 12 years. Um, and I think one thing that you briefly mentioned was that we have in-house property management. So with that, we've got a long um, history and a lot of data on these new construction houses. So if you look at the 2000 houses that we manage today in Alabama, the average maintenance cost across the board is about $300 or less per year. So I think that's the beauty of the new construction product overall. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at, um, and even with the rehab house, maybe your first year or so is, is less maintenance, but in general, I, I couldn't agree more that when you're actually running the numbers, like you can, you can probably justify being a little bit more conservative on, on the maintenance and the vacancy and things like this. And it, it certainly is good to have in-house management where you can, you know, you're familiar with the house. You, you already have those construction maintenance crews to go over and address those things in a timely manner and not have to outsource that to someone that upcharges it, right? These are all challenges that some, some investors may have experienced with buying an, an older house or having a third-party management. Um, that, that's not the case with you guys. So that's, that's a huge benefit. Just um, let's talk just briefly and then we'll get into the presentation just about management in general. Um, some things that you're seeing working well, some practices that you know, you're proud to showcase. And, you know, if you have any stats on average occupancy time of, of tenants and, and speaking about maybe year two, three, four of rental increases and things like this. Yeah, I'll take that one. It, it's a um, so rental increases. I'll just start with that. Uh, we're super aggressive with rental increases uh and we you know we don't do that standard 25 to 50 dollar increase it's like we do a full market analysis whenever we're uh 
analyzing portfolios in certain areas and we you know we'll bump at 150 200 bucks if if the market will absorb it a lot of it has to do with how much is available at the time in a particular area and whether we can push it up that fast the the nice thing about how we do it is we've got a team that does that all the time and they're constantly analyzing where the market rents are and where they should be and with us being in it for so long and having managed uh really we're the dominant player in this market for uh real management and what we have found is having the newer homes uh, in our portfolio has enabled us to drive the rents up, but it also uh, has increased our occupancy. We run at about just under 96% occupancy on 2000 properties, which is phenomenal on a national scale. Um, and I'll hit on the maintenance cost again that Kate did. I, I've owned old properties, new properties, and that kind of thing. I have gradually over the last seven years uh, divested myself of the old properties and replaced them all with new properties to the point of tearing them down and building a new one on that lot because of the aggravation. I always talk about, you know, you can have a pig and a pig is a pig, but and sometimes you can put a bow on it with putting a facelift on it, but it's still a pig. And so that's why I like, um, I like new construction because you don't have unknowns. You have, you're going into it with very uh, low maintenance cost. You've got a history that we can pull from our data of market times. Uh, and the other thing that we have is our average tenant stays 29 months uh, on 2000 properties. And so we're aggressive on renewals. We're aggressive on uh, releases and that kind of thing. So what, let's just talk briefly about your properties themselves. Like, are you looking, are y'all focusing on like three twos, four twos, two and a half? Like what is your general house look like? Uh, 1500 to 2100 square feet, three bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, two bath, mainly one levels. Uh, we do have some five bedroom plans depending on the market. Huntsville has been a great market that we've done some five bedroom, 2200 square foot plans. Um, we stick to, we have about 16 plans in our plan catalog and we tweak them a little bit here and there depending on the development and the area. We do all hard surface flooring and all the main living areas. We do quartz tops and painted cabinets in every, uh, every unit that we build. And then we also don't do ceiling fans. I know that sounds like a, something, but that's a maintenance thing. So we try to stay away from maintenance things. Uh, and we try and, and we, the exteriors are hardy board siding and brick. Uh, and so we try and really make it as maintenance free as we possibly can. Uh, the nice thing about our product is it sells on the retail market as easily as it does to investors. And so, it, you know, in the event you want to sell it to a retail later, it will sell. It, there's no difference in a bill for rent house and a um, retail house in what we build and sell. Yeah, and that's, I think, a key point on the disposition or exit strategy as, as you're looking at, you know, future, uh, you know, a lot of our investors will hold properties for, I don't know, three to six years on average. They'll build up uh, equity through appreciation the tenant paying the loan down and then they'll go through a 1031 exchange. And that's a great way to, to scale up and expand your portfolio without having to have a, a tax implication uh, and without having to inject more capital to scale your portfolio. 
Uh, and once you go through a couple 1031 exchanges, you can take a couple properties to, you know, eight, nine or 10 fairly quickly without having to save up that additional down payment. Uh, that's surely been what's allowed us to scale our personal portfolio um, year after year. And being in good locations, especially with things like new construction, it just kind of makes that a, a better exit on, on those. But if you can sell on the retail market, I guess, why, why do you like working with investors? Why do you sell to investors in the first place? And then maybe talk a little bit about average, average price point and average rents for, for some of these. I know it's going to vary location-wise, but... Um. We, we started focusing, I, I was a real estate investor myself, so is my sister, who's my business partner. And we have found that it's more enjoyable uh, for us to sell to investors as opposed to the retail market. 95% of everything we do, we do to investors and have for, gosh, since 2005, 2004. And um, it, it's just a, the demand is so strong for rentals and it just makes sense for us to meet that need and do it on a large scale all the way down to uh, we have everything now in-house that is our we have our in-house brokerage we have our own title and closing services we have our uh, rental management as well as our construction company and we actually will have our hoa management company up and going by june um, and it's basically everywhere we saw a need, we built a company that met the need. And that's the direction we've gone. And what about price points and, and rents as well? Yeah. So, again, it, it varies by area, but most of our homes are going to be between the 250 and 350 price point. Great. I always, I always tell people, I kind of laugh, like, why do builders work with investors and not owner occupies. I'm like, well, have you ever sold something to an owner occupied and dealt with all the crap that they want being like, Oh, well, can we tweak this? And can we tweak that? And you talk to an investor and they're just like, tell me about the numbers. And it's <laughs> a lot more serious buyers. And it allows you to reverse engineer your, your business, right? You, you can understand if, and I know you guys have sold a lot to, you know, hedge funds and institutional buyers as, as well over the years. But yeah, I mean, if, if you know that there's going to be a demand for a product, like there's always going to be investor demand in these type of areas that are in the path of progress if the cash flow numbers make sense. And it allows you to kind of have an idea of, of you know, how to maintain your business in all, all market cycles, I would think. So, um, and so for those 250 to 350 houses, which by the way, that could be a down payment for a new construction house in a lot of parts of the country. So, I mean, that's, that's the benefit of working in places and investing in places like Alabama. Um, what, what do you think the average rents are for those? Yeah, average rents are going to be somewhere in that fifteen, sixteen hundred up to two thousand, twenty one hundred, something like that for the for that price range. Okay, fantastic. So I know y'all put together a, a little presentation about kind of how y'all are uh, working in the area, kind of the properties in general. So I'm going to add this, and if you're listening to it on the podcast, they're going to talk you through everything. But I highly suggest you hop on over to YouTube whenever this will be posted as well. Uh, you can see the more of the graphic side of things as they go about. So it will also be there if you're only listening on the audio. So let's go ahead and uh, get started and walk us through a little bit about y'all. Go ahead. Sure. Click through that. Go ahead, Kate. Okay. I'll take this first bit. I mean, y'all have met us. We're Mike, Kate, and Frank from Alabama. Um, so just to tell you a little bit more about this, what we call build to rent revolution, um, 
We call it a revolution because compared to multifamily and the fix and flip model, it is somewhat of a revolution. Um, this is a new, I mean, even the term build to rent is new since 2015, 2016. So just knowing that we've been doing it for 20 years is one important to us because we have the history um, and we know what works in the model. Like Mike mentioned, uh, there are maintenance issues like ceiling fans that come up that a lot of builders don't think about. So you've got these national builders that are trying to pivot and meet this demand, uh, but we've already been through it. We know what the bumps in the road look like and we're ready to provide a product that's one, beautiful and that people are proud to live in and two, that works for the investor. So when you talk about the lacking the, the maintenance issues, um, whenever someone buys one of these properties, like what does it come with? What do tenants usually bring? Like, do you need a washer dryer? Is it coming with the refrigerator? Can you tell us a little bit about what an investor can expect to have to bring, you know, whenever it is closed? Sure. Our, our goal is to not have the investor bring anything. Um, we don't provide washers and dryers. Tenants historically provide their own washers and dryers, but kitchen appliances, we provide everything, including that fridge and all of our appliances are stainless, which is nice. I mean, it's a beautiful product. Fantastic. Well, let's keep going. Okay. And again, like Mike mentioned, we're four companies under one umbrella. So we're a suite of companies that ideally provide everything the investor would need to one, purchase that new construction product. Two, we would lease it up. And then we provide very investor friendly title and closing options um, and, you know, everything that you would need in one place, ideally. Let's just keep rolling through it. All right. Okay, so there's for those of you who aren't familiar, that's what the shape of Alabama looks like. Um, we've kind of got three areas that are highlighted up at the top. The blue circle is the greater Huntsville market. Um, that probably on a national level is the market that gets the most attention um, when we have investors that are contacting us. I mean, Huntsville's got a huge <coughs> NASA presence. They've got a huge military. The FBI is building second headquarters there. It's a big scientific community. A lot of the I don't know if this is um, accurate or not, but they talk about there's more PhDs per capita in Huntsville than anywhere else in the country. Um, so it's a it's a very unique model. We just we can't keep inventory when we build in Huntsville. It, that's probably the hottest area that we sell to. Um, but the whole greater Huntsville area is up here in that blue circle. The the center circle, um, which is the largest, is the greater Birmingham area, which we've kind of already talked about. We're headquartered here in Birmingham. Um, we don't build in Birmingham proper for the most part. And a lot of that has to do with higher taxes and higher politics. Um, but we build in the suburbs where everybody's living and commuting from. So all the surrounding counties, um, you'll, you'll find homes that we're, we're putting up there. So it's very easily commutable into the um, kind of the metro Birmingham area. And like Mike, Mike talked about earlier, it stretches from Tuscaloosa in the west all the way over to Lincoln, Talladega in the east. Um, and really down south of here, not only Shelby, but in Chilton County. Um, Chilton County is just north of Montgomery. So that county, I think it's about 10 to 15 percent of the population commutes into Montgomery and, and 25, 30 percent commutes up into Birmingham. So it's kind of a lot of times we'll have investors that will look at it and it's like this is in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it is, especially if you're coming from a highly dense area like a California or a New York or whatever. Um, but people in Alabama are used to commuting. So that's something that it's a very easy commute is probably 45, 50 minutes for them to get up into the greater um, Birmingham area. 
Um, and so we've got several different communities going down there right now. And then the bottom one is the Baldwin County market. And Baldwin County is right in between Mobile and Pensacola. Um, so it's probably the fastest growing county, I think, in all of Alabama and one of the fastest in the whole southeast. Um, just a huge number of people that are locating there. We've got short-term rental products that are there as well as long-term rental products. Um, to give you an example of the kind of industry that's moving in, there's an Alcoa plant that I think is about a $2 billion facility that they are building in, in North Baldwin County. Um, and we've got one neighborhood right now, and I think we're about we maybe starting a, a second one at some point that's in close proximity to that. So that's what we're always looking for. We're looking for employers um, that are going to have a demand. There's going to be a lot of people moving into the area that need places to to live. And a lot of people, we're, we're just moving more into a rental market anyway. A lot of people want prefer to rent over buying. So that's kind of the overview of, of Alabama. Frank, th thanks for that overview. And um, it, you guys have the whole state covered, which is great. And there's different investment opportunities, I think, th throughout the state based on what, um, you know, the investors is looking to accomplish. But you, you breezed over something real quickly that uh, I just want to make sure the audience heard is because we get asked this all the time is that you do have short term rental opportunities as, as well. That's something in the build to rent space that isn't um, highly available, I would say, uh, but highly sought after is for someone to convert this to a short term rental. We may want to touch on that briefly. I mean, of course, uh, you got to have a managerial team that will handle the short term rental aspect of it. You need to furnish the house. So there's additional costs, um, but you have a potential for higher income with with a short-term rental potential you got to you know look at both but i i love being an option in an area where you have an option to have short or long-term rentals where where it performs well so in areas like on the panhandle um and you know mobile area and also i would apply this to huntsville these are probably not areas where you're looking at significant cash flow um day one especially with current rates where they're at unless you're putting a significant amount of money down that's that's okay right those are areas that have crazy appreciation for this area of the country, both in rents and, and market value. And I would agree with Mike's point that he made earlier that in, in my investing, I just like, just as I've learned more over the years, I just like less headache, generally speaking. Uh, and I like to invest in just good locations. I'm okay with having a break even cash flow day one, because we're not trying to live off of it, uh, you know, immediately. But we understand that it will grow in appreciation quickly. It will have strong rental increases. Um, so it's cool to see that you guys have different products, both in the long-term, short-term space and throughout the, the state that may have, you know, an area that might have a little bit more cash flow accessibility day one or an area that has stronger appreciation over time. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And to that point, too, I just want to mention, because a lot of people who don't live in Alabama aren't aware that Alabama has actually got beautiful coasts. Um, so Orange Beach and Gulf Shores are, are two main communities down on the coast. It's the same white sands that when you think of the panhandle of Florida, the Pensacola and Destin and so forth, um, it's beautiful. Um, the water's beautiful. And so it's, it's actually a highly desirable vacation destination. And so the people who are buying from us on the short-term rental side, they're seeing pretty good cash flow. I think, and I think we've got a slide that's coming up that's going to talk about that, but it, it's, uh, yeah, for, for the right, right person, right investor, it's a great market probably under underserved from the sense of compared to say West Florida. Um, a lot of people are all, all looking at that, trying to invest there. This, this is a kind of a hidden gem that a lot of investors don't necessarily know about, but which has great traffic from vacationers. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll run through our long-term rental product. We talked about it a little before, but again, most of our homes are going to be, 
three and four bedroom. Uh, we do have some five bedroom properties and those start in the 250 range. So super affordable, approachable, and the rent ranges reflect that. So 1500 and up on those rent ranges kind of corresponding to what the purchase price is. Um, all of our homes, like Mike mentioned, have solid surface flooring in the main living areas, quartz countertops, um, stainless appliances, and we talked about it a little bit, but we like to make a create a property that's going to be beautiful and that somebody's proud to call home, whether it's a tenant or a future retail buyer, if you did want to sell it at some point. And then our short-term rentals that Frank talked about briefly. Um, again, these are on the Gulf Coast, so Orange Beach and Gulf Shores, Alabama, which has one, beautiful beaches, and two, both of those municipal municipalities have done a great job of attracting business and other, um, I guess, off-season events. So they're really good about planning music festivals, about planning sporting events, um, anything that's gonna attract people to the area in that typically down season, they've just been wonderful in, in planning and um, I, I think really serving the investor in that way. Um, they know that that's a tourism heavy area. So the goal is to keep people in that area for as long as possible. Well, okay. one, thing, one thing about the Orange Beach community that we have is uh, Orange Beach has put a uh, freeze on short term rentals for any new single family development coming in. Um, and our single family development that we are just finishing, I think we have like 18 houses left available in there. Um, the, the, we were the last single family development that actually can do short term rentals, uh, as far as new construction in Orange Beach, which obviously makes it even more desirable for an investor because you can't do that anymore on new product coming out of the ground. I was just going to ask about regulations. And so it sounds like these, these 18 are the last, at least in the Orange Beach area, yes. that, that will be accessible to get a short-term license on. Um, and, and maybe there's some, some other areas in the future. But yeah, so 18 left of those. And we surely want to showcase those. We have a lot of people looking for short-term rentals. Um, it, do you guys manage those as well? Or do you partner with a managerial team for short-term rentals? We do. We partner with another team. You know, it's we we've developed our companies over the years where there's a need. Uh, we develop a company for that need. But when you find a company that's really good at what they do and they're the best in the industry, then we we refer those to uh, Gold Star, which is a short term uh, company. They manage my personal properties down there. They do a phenomenal job, and so uh, we do what we do and do it well with the long term, and then. They handle the short terms down there. Fantastic. Come on, let's keep going. Okay, this is a very interesting topic. Um, we call this the Deferred Down Payment Program uh, <laughs> because we actually have a federal credit union uh, that we have partnered with. Uh, they're based out of Dothan, and they have a phenomenal product where if you qualify as, uh, in buying, you can buy up to five properties and they have to be loan amounts of 500,000 or less. 
but you can buy five properties and you can you have to purchase them in your own name. And it's very much like going through a conventional mortgage uh, qualification, minimum 740 credit score, but you get 100% financing with no mortgage insurance. The rate's eight and a half percent on a 10 year fixed arm with a 30 year amortization. I don't know about you guys, but it's one of the first products I've seen in years that you can do 100% on investment properties. We've had several of our investors that have done this because once you start looking at, you know, you're putting on a $300,000 property, you're putting anywhere between 60 and 75,000 down where you're keeping that money in your pocket. You end up with negative cash flow for the first few years, but it catches up with rent increases and appreciation very quickly. Plus, as rates come down, the opportunity to refinance into a lower rate will be there. But what it's done is enabled some of our investors, instead of buying one or two properties, they go ahead and do buy, we'll go ahead and buy five and work, uh, stay, stay with this uh, program until the rates improve or until they can refinance into a conventional type product. All right, hold, hold on a sec here because we need to talk about this. Um, are you telling me, Mike, that I can come in and I can buy five of your houses, short or long-term houses that I can purchase with no money down and then I could go and potentially take accelerated depreciation on those to offset my current taxable liability without coming out of pocket anything? Yes. Uh, now you will be negative on cash flow for the first few years on it, but when you look at it, I think it's year six is where the break even point is where your, your negative cash flow that you will have in the property, um, you catch back up to what your down payment would have been. So we call it the deferred down payment program. Uh, but with the appreciation doing what it's doing in our markets, along with rental increases, that's kind of well offset. Uh, going forward uh, by utilizing this product. We've had several, I've done it myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I ran the numbers. I was like, this is a no brainer. Do you have the spreadsheet? The next, yeah, flip, let's flip to the spreadsheet. We had an analysis done of what it looks like. I'm about to get a little closer because I'm blind. <laughs> um, but we, if you look at this, buying five properties, your rent on these, this is an example of five properties in our market. These are long-term rentals, right? Long-term, yes. The short-terms, you would have trouble doing it because our average short-term, uh, our price point is between $569 up to $850. And you so, have to put some money down potentially to be below yeah. that 500 threshold. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably better off to go conventionally or with one of our second home financing products with 10% down, because we can get you down to 5% rate with 10% down with no MI with one of our preferred lenders. But for long-term, and this is at 8.75%, and it's actually dropped to 8.5%. They dropped it down a little bit. But if you look at it, you're negative about 4,000-ish a month on five properties. But when you actually factor it in, go to the next slide, Robert, so if you look at it, you bring in about 92,000 a year in rent. Your expenses are 143,000. You got a negative cash flow of 51,000 a year on it, but you're writing off 111,000 in interest. Your other expenses with taxes, insurance management, another 22,000. But then you factor in your depreciation expense of 737,000. So your total annual deduction on these five properties is 171,000. 
Well, assuming you're in the 37% tax bracket, which you probably need to be to qualify for the loan to buy the houses, your, uh, your annual tax savings, assuming you qualify as a real estate investor, which most people are going to be able to for tax purposes, you got a $63,000 tax savings with a negative cash flow of $51,000, which actually, when you factor it in like that, puts you at a positive $12,000 a year. So you're you're factoring in, and Adam can see my eyes lighting up on this. And I don't, Frank, I don't know why you haven't uh, showcased this to us yet, but um, you're holding out on us, man. Um, the this is assuming a normal depreciation. This is not accelerated depreciation, correct? No, it's not accelerated. But of course, you can do the cost analysis and accelerate your depreciation the first five so, years. So, Adam, go back and go back one slide. And um, for anyone that's unfamiliar with how cost seg studies work. Of course, if you're already pro, talk to your accountant. Um, but um, certainly this is uh, my favorite thing about investing currently in our- say, This just added 10 minutes to this episode. Our entire strategy right now, I don't need cash flow. Um, I, I need tax deductions. And so this is the, our entire strategies around buying. And, and the, the challenge still is having down payments to buy you know, enough, enough real estate. So I'm looking at this going, all right, well, the total purchase price is call it you know, 1.3 million um, on this are in on new construction, you usually have the best accelerated bonus depreciation. This is the last year that is really attractive because it's at 80% this year. Next year goes down to 60%. So if from someone from a perspective of, you know, just wanting to add more doors to your portfolio and are okay with a negative cash flow scenario in an area that's appreciating and rents are appreciating, but you really need a tax deduction. I'm looking at this going, okay, I got $1.3 million purchase price. Of course, that's across five houses. You could do it on just one $250,000 house. But on $1.3 million of acquisition, um, usually our cost seg studies are coming in between 30 to 35%. Uh, we've seen them as high as 40% on new construction uh, residential. So that means in, in theory, if I'm running my math correctly, I probably am in a $400,000 tax deduction by buying $1.3 million, give or take some. Or if you just bought one two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, uh, you know you're you're probably at you know hundred k of, of tax deduction. Um, so certainly, which again thirty seven tax bracket hundred k deduction that's thirty seven thousand dollars that you're saving, um, which is an infinite return because you're putting no money down, and then you have the additional tax deductions, and you can take that thirty seven thousand dollars instead of giving it to Uncle Sam and go out and buy another cash flowing asset that's going to cover the and offset the the negative cash flow on this property. And then rinse and repeat. So that's this is exciting stuff. I'm I'm glad that you guys are showcasing this. Yeah. <laughs> and and it might be just that I want to remind people. You know, we we love cash flow. You know, but if you look at this, the negative fifty one thousand negative in the first year, that's less than that's roughly a twenty percent down payment on any one of those properties that you showed. And I know you were saying like it was six or seven years before you hit that. I mean, I don't want. I don't know about y'all, but you know, losing 50 grand in a year doesn't sound that that preferable. But whenever I haven't put in 75 grand into a property, um, I consider that a, a win in most cases. And you're now controlling 1.3 million dollars in real estate. What? And it's it's all about ownership and control long term. You hit the nail on the head, Mike. What do you think the average appreciation uh, rate is in this area? G give me a number. Next, next slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because because you're only factoring in the tax benefits and, right. and the loss. Um, but, if you, but if you look at the fact that you are, you know, your appreciation 
you're, you're probably getting to this. I'm jumping to the gun. I'm getting excited. I forgot that my wife may be going into labor any moment here. So let's keep going. Uh, speaking of your wife, if she works too, you can buy 10. So, <laughs> but uh, it, so we, we, we're hyper conservative. We're Southerners and we're hyper conservative on our analysis. Uh, our average appreciation is about 6%, but we always bump it down to be conservative to 4%. Uh, and so it's 4% appreciation a year. If you look at this, if you fast forward five years, these properties that you put zero money down on should be worth about 1.64 million. Your loan balance will get down to about 1.2. So you would have 415,000 in equity uh, in, at the end of year five in these properties that you put nothing down other than your negative cash flow over the period of time. I love this, Adam. We're going to need to do just a section on this, I think, uh, because this is news to me. And this is just this isn't doesn't seem like a national loan type structure, but this is a relationship with a local credit union that you right. I mean, OK, just to paint the picture for everyone, uh, it is unusual and unlikely for lenders to do a 100 percent down type loan like this. Like I haven't I haven't seen one, um, you know, maybe if it's a hard money rehab type loan, but in this type of scenario for long term holds. That means that the bank it has extreme confidence in the market. They have extreme confidence in your guys' team. Um, and they've, they've seen the track record over, over time. So banks will not go out and theoretically lend these type of 100% of type loans if they aren't extremely confident in the performance of, of these products over time. So I think that speaks volumes. Um, let's, let's keep going. This is, this is cool stuff. So this is a, a case study. Uh, just a, a little snapshot of one of our investors uh, who bought 52 properties from us. The initial investment was 11.588 million. His current rent is now 81,554 on that current market value. And this was in uh, mid 2020. It's worth about 13.17 million, that particular portfolio. Uh, and that's normal. That's a, a normal uh, for our investors. That's kind of what they're seeing is they're seeing a nice increase in appreciation as well as nice increases in rent over the period of time that they own the properties. I think the next one's the end, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, long story short is uh, one of the things I was going to hit on for on the because you asked about the short term rentals. We have. Um, we have a program with one of our, uh, we're the largest client of one of the local banks here. And we went in and said, okay, we need a great second home product for our second homes. You can buy a second home in Orange Beach or Gulf Shores. And we have the ability uh, to buy the rate down. And so you can do a three-year arm and we're telling people to go ahead and do an arm at this point because rates are going to come down. They've already come, they're five and three quarters today. They're predicting by the end of the year will be at five. And I think we're going to be below that by mid 24, but we were able to negotiate with them to allow us as the builder to buy the rate down with 3%. And that's part of the package. When you buy from us, we'll pay 3% towards the closing cost or rate buy down. And in doing that, we're able to get a five-year, uh, a three-year arm at 5% with no mortgage insurance with 10% down on a second home. And you can do that on the properties between 569 and 850. And like, for instance, ours are in the 
775 to 850 range on short-term rentals, there are projections on those properties that are coming out. Um, the this is from Gold Star, our, our main uh, rental management company. There, the rental income is ninety-five thousand to one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year on average for that type of property in Gulf Shores. So let's let's just break that down, um, and I, I, I'll get off of the uh, the no money down product here in a second. But I, I, I got more for you. Um, so with that's a regular let's just review the loan terms with that it so it's a regular amortized loan it's not interest only right you're right. still paying down principal correct on it okay and so that's that's another thing that wasn't factored in on your calculations granted the first few years are mainly interest only but um so that it, that's you know i'd like to run an analysis on on all of that for someone that is acceptable for negative cash flow but is appreciation based and tax uh incentive based because we have a lot of those those type of investors. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that'd be very interesting to look at. So moving over to what you just talked about with the second home product, um, basically what you're saying is you, you have a, a bank relationship where they're able to, you're in, you're incentivizing the investor by paying 3% down to buy the rate down. Is that correct? That's correct. And you're buying it down when you mentioned five and three quarters, I assume that's for the second home, which is no. less. Okay. No, it's 5%. 5%. So is that before or after the, the three per three? Oh, higher than that. It's, I forget what the rate is. About six and a half with the bank and we buy it down to 5%, okay. to 3%. All right. So you're able to buy that down. And that, that is above the, the standard of, of 2%. Um, but that sounds like a relationship aspect of, of what you're able to normal, normal threshold for credits and things like that with, with banks is 2%. Um, but you're buying the rate down to that five uh, roughly 5%, which obviously would help with, with cash flow. And just tell me again, Mike, the terms on that loan. That is a, uh, so that's three, a three, three year arm and it's on the 30 year amortization and it's at 5%. The other thing that I didn't tell you is in, they let us pay up to 6%. And so we, uh, on our Gulf Shores product, we do the 3% buy down for the buyer and 3% towards closing costs. So basically you're only coming out of pocket 10%. You're not having to absorb that closing cost and you're not having to absorb the rate buy down. That's something we built into the package for that product. And is that specifically the short-term rentals or is that? Yeah, okay. That specifically short-term rentals. And do those based on, cause we didn't go through the um, specific numbers and we, we probably won't today, but we'll put together a pro forma analysis on this for our investor clients. But do those, because um, we don't know where property management fees are and things like that, but do those cash flow with those terms? Oh, like a charm. Um, yeah, because you're looking at on $800,000 property, you're putting 80000 down on it, and your your total cost, including your mortgage, taxes, insurance, management, all of that, you're probably looking at costs being between about sixty-five and 70000 a year, and that includes the management fees. And so your, your positive cash flow on that property, even at the low end of the uh, rent projections, is, it's $95,000. So you're making minimum of $25,000 a year on an $80,000 investment. But we think it's going to be more like that 110 to 125,000 range which really amps up, you're getting a 50 to 60% return on your $80,000 investment. 
What other surprises and secrets you got for me, Mike? That's all I got today. <laughs> I'll, I'll look for some more for you. How about that? We'll do that on the next podcast. That on the next podcast. Frank, didn't you get one of the Orange Beach ones a little while back? I did, and I actually did it as a long-term rental. Um, so they, you can rent them as long-term down there. Um, the short-term market is probably the stronger side of the market. Um, but, yeah, I bought one, and it turned out the tenant actually loved it so much he wanted to buy it. From me, so I, I sold it back to him after about a year. But I have I have <laughs> a short term right there. I have a short term in that neighborhood. It's done phenomenally well. Caden has a short term. Robert has a long term. Uh, other guy that's here with us. Uh, and so what <laughs> what you find with our uh, we sometimes our uh, our team sucks up the inventory. They're like, I'll take one. I'll take one. I'll take one. So it's uh, we have a lot of our team that buys. You're like Bluebell. You uh, you eat what you can and you sell the rest. Right. <laughs> so for, for anybody who's interested in the Alabama properties, you can go to renttoretirement.com, check out the inventory, but just know, you know, they've got other markets that we may not be showcasing on there. So if you're interested in Alabama, just schedule a call, talk with us and say, you know, Adam, I'm interested in, in Alabama and we will go to, to Mike's team and just say, Hey, tell me what you've got today. And we've got stuff as, as they've been saying, clearly there's stuff there, there for you. So Head on over to rentsretirement.com, check out the inventory, schedule a call with us. We'll talk with you and uh, get you in, in touch with this inventory there. Um, folks, thank you all so much for uh, joining us today and talking to us about these markets. It's been fantastic. Um, like I said, if you're listening to this on the audio version only, head on over to uh, YouTube and check out the video and you can see some of the stuff that they were showing on their slides. Really appreciate the time you spent uh educating yourself today. Don't forget, if you want Zach's report on the top 20 markets to invest in in 2023, you can email podcast at renttoretirement.com. That's podcast at renttoretirement.com. Leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you use and send a screenshot of that to podcast at renttoretirement.com. And we'll get you a $10 gift card and enter you in a raffle for a $500 closing cost credit. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.